1: This is the Beauty from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for Kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the tenth of March, twenty twenty. My name's Patrick Smith. Only one game for your Belfast Giants this past weekend—a victory over the Five Flyers as it was Challenge Cup final weekend. We'll have a bit of chat about that. We have Madam Keefe uh, we we'll chatting as well from the Cats Whiskers, John O' We're we'll looking at the fifth game around the league. Have a chat about the winner of the Player of the Month before looking ahead and maybe a bit of. Bleed Tail 100 chat as well. But first of all, Mr. David McGimsey, what do you have for your dinner, Davy?
2: Oh, fish, fish, mate. Fish? um, With some onion rings and some chips and some Brussels sprouts. Yeah, sounds... Brussels sprouts? It's March? Yeah. You know, if they're, if they're in the shops, I'm eating them, mate. Fair enough.
1: Mr. Kitchen, what was your dinner? Baked beans on toast, mate. Oh, mate. Do you, do you put Tabasco on it? I put Tabasco on it. Did no, I just swear there? I did. No. Beast. You're a beast. What? Tabasco and beans to on toast? Some
2: beans. Yeah, delicious. It's just, just buttered bread. Beans. That's it. That's delicious. all it should be like. Plain
1: bread.
3: But it has to be plain bread.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, can't that, buy plain bread here, mate. Exactly. That's the problem. Sure, sure. My mum came over a couple of weeks ago. She had to bring a nutty crust in her hand luggage. Took up I, half her I bag. Tell you you know what I mean? Ridiculous stuff. Anyway. Hello, know uh, we also have uh, an unnamed character in the background with says, but we'll not reference that. Uh, if he wants to chirp in, he can chirp in all he wants. Uh, <laughs> let's chat about Friday's game against the Five Flash. A 3-1 win for your Belfast Giants. Scoring was open on the power play by David Goodwin, and then the Flours equalised sh- shortly after through Finucci. Uh Morgan gave the Giants a 2-1 lead before Goodwin the empty netter. Made it 3-1 in the third period. Uh, goalies, Shane Owen, 35 shots against Marson, 41 shots against your refs were Hogarth and Wells. Um, Davey, a win's a win's a win. But, yes. But was it was it that inspiring a win? Um, who's, who's eating? Are you eating, this? It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the unnamed character in the background. No, not, guilty, man. not guilty, mate. Not guilty. I'll name you. I'll name you. on, (laughs) on, (laughs) Um,
2: A win is a win indeed Paddy And I suppose if you're contending for a title Which I guess we still are You know an outside chance of You just get your points whatever way they come And you know whenever you Whenever we look back at at last season championship For example we don't you know drill down into Ugly wins or where they came from We just had enough points at the end of the season to take the title But you know when I look back on this game Sort of a couple of days later, I'm glad we didn't do this podcast on Friday night, straight after the game. But you know, it was an ugly old win, and it was it was a game that I was pretty disappointed for for one of the first times this season in uh, an overall performance level. I thought that dropped below what what's expected of us. I thought at times where we're a bit coasty, and there's just a few guys on that team at the minute that. um perhaps could look at their own forms, don't need to meet it, name names. I'm certainly not going to do that on the podcast either, but I just think there's a number of players on the team took bits of the game off the other night and uh, they're letting their teammates down at the same time.
1: Interesting. Says, I think one of the things I picked up, especially in commentary, I know you were on it with Deco, uh, no urgency. The Giants in a 1-1 game need those two points at home if they're to stay in any sort of a title race, but there didn't seem to be a lot of urgency.
3: No, I think you're right. Um, but again, I, I think Fife actually came. I mean, Fife are in a really desperate position as well. Yeah. You know, they, they came in. They needed that win to try and push on for, um, you know, the, the down the stretch for their uh, playoff aspirations. But, you know, I, I think we're probably doing them a bit of a disservice. I, I thought they did it pretty well, especially in the first 40 minutes. I don't think we were tested a hell of a lot by them I, I thought that we were we did control the majority of the game um I certainly you know I, I know that when I said it on the night as well on the comms along with Dico that you know we should have had the game dead and buried we should have you know we we expected to beat teams like Fife at home um but that just hasn't been the case over the last couple of years and this year uh especially coming down to our last you know five six seven eight games and and, you know, every team's battling for one something or another, whether it's for the top end of the table or trying to get position for playoffs or whether it's uh, the relegation, not so much relegation, sorry, but the bottom end of the table to push in for those last couple of places in the in the playoffs. But, you know, I do think we, we did okay. I don't think it was our certainly our best performance, as Davey said, but, you know, when you, when you come out there, you get that second goal by um, uh, the game-winning goal by Liam Morgan. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just it was it was job done. Coming out to get the two points was the most important thing. I've already said it, you know. I'm looking forward to the end of the season as it is right now myself, to be honest. And, um, Why? And I, I I do agree with you, I think there's guys that who have switched off. I think there's guys already. I mean, when you, you, the challenge that you have is when the you know the bright nights, uh, brighter nights, and lately, you know the the sun doesn't set until probably half six, seven o'clock now in Belfast and. And that makes a big difference. Like, it genuinely does. Guys are, you know, they're looking forward to getting the golf clubs out and and, and just going, um, you know, to to play something else instead of coming into and so, a rink every day. So
2: that's, you know, that's on, this is their job, mate. That's a, that's a kind I, of unacceptable. And, and you know what? If they were playing in a league that had a bigger roster, they're playing the coach, they're playing the AHL, they'd be sitting, they'd be sitting watching. Again, because, you're absolutely right, you but, know. They're not. We've coughed up. We've coughed up thirty three. Yeah, well, that's maybe why they're playing here. Thirty three shots at home to Fife, um, you know, and that's that's you know maybe take the Champions Steelers aside. That's one of the league highs this season for shots conceded at home. Their opposition, Now, you're telling me Fife, who are the bottom dwellers this whole season, suddenly have became this really offensive juggernaut. That's down to us as well, mate.
3: Well, I'm not. I, again, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm just saying that, as I say, where we are right now, I, I just think we're, we're switched off. I genuinely do. I, mean, I, I I think the guys that have are, you know, let me put it another way. I think there's guys in the dressing room who we should be getting a hell of a lot more out of. And that's not just the last month of the season. We've underperformed this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We've massively underperformed. When, they, when we watched the first couple of games of the season in the uh, the CHL everybody's optimistic everybody that includes the boys in the dressing room and I know that it is hurting guys for not getting the wins but
2: you know when we look at it from another point of view we got maximum points this weekend and that's incredibly incredibly we're, incredibly we're two two wins out of first place and and this I, is the I, this is it,
3: I mean you look at it from another I, I, I don't know how many games we've had David how many one goal games have we lost this season I don't know, but I was, sitting, I was sitting thinking about it the other day. Um, other things have taken uh, priority over um, hockey, believe it or not, for the last few weeks. Um, so I haven't really had much chance to, to do much um, digging for the, for the podcast tonight, as I say, so apologies about that. But you're the stat man. How many, how many one-goal games have we
2: lost this season? I would quickly have to come up, Simon, but... I can do that if you can talk some crap well, for another
1: couple of minutes. It's well, we've lost quite a few. You know, you look at the games against Manchester, where they've went the overtime or they went the penalty shots. If you count those in, we've had okay, we've had difficult games in Sheffield and in Nottingham. But I agree with you. I think there have been some very tight games. But that's not to say that. You look at the team that started the season. You look at the team that that uh, that started in the CHL. I to- based on that team, based on what we saw there, says I totally agree with you. I think this team is massively underperformed. I I think uh, again.
3: I, I think that's the main point. You know, if you, uh, we haven't got a point to game player. <laughs>
2: um, do you know how many one goal games we've had this season? Apart from the couple that have went the overtime. No, no. what one? <laughs> no way! Seriously? Yeah. Is that
3: I mean you're talking one we always talk about empty net goals don't count. I haven't I haven't
2: checked which ones are empty net yeah. Okay, fair yeah.
3: but again, you know what I mean? If you're looking at things to God and the other side of it is is, you know, we haven't got teams to overtime. We haven't got that extra point on a lot of occasions as well when mm-hmm. we should have. And you know, I think I gave even even the other day we scored an empty net goal against Fife. Um and you're sitting thinking, wasn't MTN goal against Fife? No, it wasn't. Oh, well, it was. Yeah, it's it sure was. We could we could win scored an empty net at the end. But you know, I don't think we've scored that many empty net goals this year. We no. Just don't get those opportunities and, and and again, I think it just comes down to it, it's a when you look back at the whole season, you you're behind the black ball to start the year off because we were so successful in 2018-19. Yeah. We played so well, we had so many Everything just clicked into place. Everything. I mean, yes, you got a bit of luck going your way by, you know, getting... We talk about fine margin. We talk about one-goal games. And it's those one-goal games that last year won us the title.
2: Hmm.
3: Do you know what I mean? It's those battles so, that are coming down the road so, that we ended up picking up the point against, you know, teams that were probably ahead of us and coming back to it back the two or three, you know, three, three, and four,
2: four games and taking them the overtime. And that's won us... That championship last year. So then I think too, Simon, the the ability to go into Nottingham, take points, go into Sheffield, take points, to go into Cardiff. And you know, we haven't won those games, we haven't scored goals in those away arenas this season. That's you know, just a couple of, turn turn two of those into wins. And that season is this season's turned on its head. Just two of those games. You come out with the, the opposite result or you pick a point up we are right, right in the mix, like, and I know we're we're fourth, and we're a couple of games back, but we're also a couple of games played more. We're we're not in an ideal position, but it's just so frustrating that to, to watch a team that you know, you know, in your heart of hearts, when these players put those skates on and really lay it on the line, there's not many teams can live with them five on five.
3: If you if you look particular aspect, you talk about we're only four points off the top. We're not that far away from fifth place either. No, finishing no,
2: fifth. It's, it's it's tight at the top. It's tight at the top. So the what's the solution because,
1: sorry that's, so what's the solution because we still have six regular season games and hopefully there'll be a playoff season we'll come to that later but hopefully we'll be going into a playoff uh, into the playoff series uh, in a position where we will be looking to get to that final four so this season's not done so w- where's the solution coming here i'm not a man
3: reader i'm not a um i'm not a a guy that you know looks at that up up that possibility of picking up six wins between now and the end of the season. I do not think we're capable of that right now. You know we've got through two week three weekends of back to back games, and that's been our major major stumbling point this year. We haven't been able to pick up back to back wins. I think it's five times this year we've had maximum points on back to back games, and when you look at it from a point of you know if if you want to win if you win six games the kick the fill out the season, do I think we're still going to finish first? No, I don't. Um I think that we can certainly play a major role in who does win the league. Um But Cardiff are, are in pole position right now. They've got... They're four points clear of us, but they've also got isn't it, three games in hand. Yep. You know, so it's... You know, for us to do that, if they win those three games in hand, they're clear of us. You know, Sheffield have been the team that everybody, you know, was chasing most of the year. Cardiff are coming down the last, you know, five, six, seven games and starting to pick up points. But you know, you've got to handle the devil, even at the weekend, and I'm sure we'll probably go on to talk about it briefly, um, and the Challenge Cup final, you know, you, they, they can but they were three 0 down, they came back to they get a close again and obviously the the um the Steelers got the fourth goal. But you know, it, it's it's Cardiff, you've you've got to hand it to them and they just Keep on going, and, and that's one thing that we haven't had this year. We haven't had okay, but over the last couple of weekends in Furness Manchester and and Guildford at home, we came back and we ended up picking up a point where maybe we looked dead and buried after forty minutes. But that that's that's been the major stumbling block for me. I just don't think. Um, again, we, we've mentioned it over the bloody season. It's about the consistency, and we that uh, we've probably been the least consistent we've been. For well, a number of seasons anyway,
2: it the... probably haven't had this season, you know, that sort of talisman that we maybe have had over, over. you know, last season. You looked at, you know, on any given night, you know, Darcy Murphy might come up with the goal or Darryl Riley might come up with a big goal, and you, you're just different players on any given night. You might, you know, the Rudys and Sheds and all we would all I just don't see that in this team that one player that you could rely on them to really elevate their game to, to come up with those big goals consistently. Well, Sorry for jumping in, Davey, but we, we talking
3: about this the other day and our leading goal scorer in the league... Paddy, actually, there's a question for you because me and Davey know the answer. <laughs> our leading goal scorer in the league
1: is who? Our leading goal scorer this season in goal the league? Goal scorer in the league games. Who do you think? Uh, well, I would say Curtis Hamilton. He's he's joined first, Jordan Smotherman. No, nope. who? Hey, Brian Ward? Bobby Bobby Farnham. Bobby
4: Farnham.
3: Yeah. No, Bobby Farnham. As far as I'm aware, wasn't brought in ha. to be
1: the top goal scorer in the league for us. I had a I had a discussion about this with our friend Neil Neil Russell the other week, but yeah, I agree with you. You know what I mean? And yeah, Bobby, well, for me, David, Bobby David Goodwin's I, up I there
3: I in Salmon, And I yeah. think that he's you know he's he's been. He's done exactly what it says in the box, and people have said, Well, why can't he do that every game? It's absolutely impossible to play the game that he plays in every single game. I did I try try to, to play that type of way I never had Bobby's skill set or, or energy. <laughs> but you know, I try to go out there every single shift and hit somebody like Bobby does. Um, and you know, that that can change games and he was out there, but to be honest, and much of the time he's doing a hell of a lot of it. Um, you know, especially when he's we're chasing the game, and you know, especially when you're making big hits against the glass, and and because you're making a noise against the glass, the referees in this they give you a bloody penalty. But you know, it's impossible to play the game. Bobby's played this year, um, every single night. But for him to be joint goal scorer, leading goal scorer for the Belfast Giants this year in the league, is something that, as I say, there's there's guys who have been brought in who
1: score
2: goals, and they have not done it.
1: That tells the story, doesn't well, it?
2: One guy, one, one guy that has is David Goodwin. David Goodwin's came in. And he's joined the score, top scorer of 15 goals. And he's fit, 15, games. 16 That's right, he got through at the weekend. And, sorry, uh, sorry yeah. last week. You're right, David, sorry. So there's, there's three, guy, three guys on 15 now. Um, but, you know, at the same time, for the Belfast Giants to be going into the last handful of this handful of games this season, to have nobody that's even broke through that 20, you know, we're talking at this, at this very stage, with half a dozen games to go last season, Darcy Murphy's going to be the first Belfast Giant to score 50 in in a season, you know, and and you're looking at, you know, nobody touching 20, which is, it's disappointing, it's frustrating, it's been our story of our whole season, it's just been our, our lack of consistency in in scoring goals, you know, we've, we've had chances, uh, you know, we've, we've vastly outshot teams, you know, I know Neil Russell loves this, but it's sure what I say, but we've had loads of shots and we have, have had opportunities it's just why why the puck's not going in the net is well above my pay grade (laughs) you
3: you know you you look at it from the point of view that you know you look at at, um, uh, Manchester City last season everybody wants
2: to beat the champions
3: everybody it'll be Liverpool next season Paddy everybody will want to
2: beat Liverpool next season I don't really buy that, Simon. I'm I don't see, you I,
3: don't see I'm I don't see you I teams that have raised that No, listen I had a conversation with Elgin Pierce um a few weeks ago, we had it on the podcast and we asked him and he just said you're playing against teams like that in a big arena, big fans and stuff like that. You just sort it up your game every time. And that's I'm telling you now, that happens. It absolutely happens.
1: On the when it comes down to the uh, you're talking about Cardiff and about how far we off are off the tops. Run a few numbers. Cardiff can hit a maximum of eighty points. Nottingham can hit a maximum of seventy four. Coventry a maximum of seventy three. As can Sheffield and Belfast a maximum of seventy two. As it stands, so therefore looking at the league standings as they are, it looks like Cardiff are ten points away from a title. Um, but we'll come and we'll chat more about that in a short while. Uh, the highlights of this game, of course, Belfast Chance TV, and you get them on YouTube. Uh, let's go down to training. Mr. Kitchen popped by, as he always does, very kindly, and spoke with the head coach of the Belfast Chance, Adam Keefe.
3: Adam, uh, back to work uh, last Friday night uh, against the Five Flyers. Uh, giving you the weekend off and um, a, a tough game against an opponent that is battling for their lives at the bottom of the table. Uh, but coming out with the, the two points is just obviously the most important part of it.
4: Yeah, um, no, I thought. For the most, most part, we were in control of the game. Uh, gave up too many scoring chances. Uh, that part, we need to clean up this weekend. Um, but again, uh, the guys found a way to get the two points there in the third period, which was important. Um, now we need to carry that into this weekend. Uh, obviously, another big weekend at two games at home versus the Narnia Panthers. Uh, I think it's a team that uh, has really given us a lot of problems this year, so um, we owe them. You've
3: given the, the guys two days off over the last two weekends, um, or two days in a row, should say. Um, does that improve with regards to their attitude, coming
4: out and obviously getting two days rest? Is is hugely important at this time of the year? Well, it's not just important. It's also tough to practice uh, five days in a row. Um, so if you weren't giving them the days off, you got five days in a row. It's it's tough to hold their focus for that long. And, um uh, at times, I, I feel that the rest is m- is more important there and uh, a good workout, uh, you know, three to four practices a week is, is plenty enough to prepare for uh, the weekend. Um, you know, and you look at Nottingham, who would have had uh, the last two weeks off, and I don't think they played a game at all this past weekend, so um, they're going to be well-rested. We need to be well-rested and, and full of energy that uh, we hit the ground running uh, on Friday
3: you've been very complimentary about the Millingham Panthers over the last few weeks um, or, or actually over all the season um, solid lineup. you've already said they've, they've had uh, success against uh, the Belfast Giants so far this season uh, these two games upcoming are very very important in
4: pushing down the, the stretch heading towards the end of the season yeah I mean right now if you look at it uh, they have some couple games in hand uh, I think they're a point or point below us so um, we want to keep them there and you know uh, there's no better way to do that than to beat them so um, you know, they're coming in Friday, I'm sure they're thinking the same same thing, they want to overtake us and, uh, and we want to stay ahead so it's going to be a tough battle, every game from here on out is going to be tough, no matter who you play I know I've said that a hundred times, but it's the truth um, it's going to be a very tough weekend for us and uh, we're going to have to play the right way for for the duration of both games if we want to win
1: Thanks very much, the keeper. Right, a quick around the league. Um, the Sheffield Steelers won the Challenge Cup, uh, beating the Cardiff Devils in the Viola Arena four three, including a penalty shot that was scored by Brandon Connolly. Uh, this was a reaction, actually, you have to say, because the Steelers were in there just two nights previous and took a seven three thumping that effectively, in my opinion, ended their uh, title challenge. But the, the Challenge Cup final says so you, you mentioned it earlier on. You know the Cardiff fighting their way back into it, and Sheffield, however taking that title.
3: I thought Sheffield deserved it to be honest. Um you, you touched on Brandon Connolly there. That was as good as I've seen him playing mm. in when well, he's been in the UK. He was absolutely brilliant. Um I mean there was a bit of skill um in the first period. He did that spinnerama, drove Lynette and, and uh Ballarand. It was like the wee backhand pass that, that Rudy used to make every single time to uh, Blair Riley or, or Darcy Murphy and they just you know, tap home and 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 uh, around. Yeah, made that. I think that was the second goal. But for an advert, I know Davy probably he, he said that didn't he? Actually, didn't know it was a game on. But you know, for an advert of for UK hockey, it was right up there. It was a really really good game. Um, you know, Sheffield took control early on. The Devils come back into it. Um, obviously, the, the Sheffield got the win and. And again, I, I genuinely do think that they deserved that win. I I said about I think you asked us a couple of weeks ago who they think was going to win the, the cup and I said Sheffield. So um it's uh, it was good to see them. Um, you know, they've been they've had a couple of of poor years and, and then the good bit of part was, you know, Cardiff getting beat in their own building again. It's uh you know, I don't know if Todd will want to, to hold the Challenge Cup final there again in in, uh, in the near future, but um, you know, I thought they thoroughly deserved
1: to pick up bad trophy. David, I'm going to come to you as well on this, but before we do, I mentioned there the 7-3 thumping that the Steelers suffered at the hands of the Cardiff Devils. That was not taken well by their head coach, Aaron Fox, who gave this interview to uh, Gaz Housh. Aaron, we'll go back to the start of the game. Your team flew out of the traps and
5: really set the tempo. It must have been a pleasing start. Yeah, it was. Um, Looking on to that, Two goals which we called in commentary is against the run of play uh, did give your team a bit of a mountain to climb. Do you feel that it was always playing catch-up in this game that ultimately set your guys behind?
4: I thought we had a better first than uh, being down 4-2 there, and the game kind of ran away from us.
5: We're looking forward to Sunday night. Will this game play any part in your team talk? What have you said to your guys tonight?
4: We'll just focus here, catch some video, and be ready for Sunday.
5: Where do you think that your team lost this tonight? Do you feel that you didn't respond well enough in the second and thirds?
4: Quite a lot of different fingers in a lot of different places tonight.
5: Um, like I say, finally, Aaron, do you have a message for, for your fan base and your
1: team going into the Sunday's Cup final? See Sunday. Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. We heard, Davey, uh, an interview like that a number of years ago from uh, Corey Nielsen that he gave, but uh, oh, right. obviously a very, very oh, disappointed Iron Fox. So he'll be happy with the response that he got in the final.
2: Yeah, to be honest, I, I only saw the result on Twitter, I saw a couple of clips. I've told you before if they are playing in garden at the Curtains, but um, <laughs> it's. Um, As always. His um, I saw his interview, um, fair play. I think it was Gaz Hughes, the, yes, it
1: was you
2: know, muddled on. I think it was it was Owen, our friend Bradley, a few years ago, wasn't it? With Corey, yeah. I've had to just keep going. Look, they, it's emotional like games, it's disappointing when a coach has to come out sometimes straight after a game, it's maybe sometimes better. And you know, says has that down in Belfast as well. Sometimes we'll put Jeff Mason out, we we'll put somebody just that it's hard for a coach to live and breathe this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they've come up on absolute thumping. And as soon as they're off the ice, of a, a, microphone under their chin, and sometimes you don't get the response you want. they you know, they've also got to remember that they're, <laughs> they're professional coaches, and and sometimes there's there's parts of this game you don't like having to do, but you got to do with them. So he could have, could have been a bit more articulate in what he wanted to say, but he got his message across, I think, uh, fairly well.
1: I think, says, uh, I'll come to you on this. It's a, it's a good job he actually turned up because um, his predecessor used to not turn up.
3: Yeah, say to be honest, I mean, I've interviewed Aaron Fox a few times this year, and and Davey's right. You know, we're you know they're within probably within seven or eight minutes. Of the the team's coming off the ice. We've got a microphone under their mouth, and and um, you know, trying to get um, a positive word out of them. And, and you know, I didn't watch that game on Friday night because we played a game ourselves. But I watched the scores coming through, and and the Devils, you know, they they did hand them a, a good beating in, in Cardiff, and. Um and you know he wouldn't have been happy with that performance, especially the way they've been playing this year. And um, but again, Davey's right. They don't, these guys are professional. They need to front up. Or if he doesn't want to do the interview, he can send. You know, it's um, I don't, I don't know what they call their assistant coach. Have no idea. Um, but uh, it's the 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 EIHL regulations are they just have to send somebody out for it. So, mm-hmm. um, it is what it is.
1: Bottom end of the stands, the playoff hunt is still, it's a, it's a battle. Uh, between more or less between Dundee, Manchester, and Glasgow. Uh, Dundee on thirty-nine points, still have a game in hand over the Storm, who are in eighth and forty-one points, and Glasgow have forty-eight games and they're also on forty-one points. Fife, they they're 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 still there, thereabouts on thirty-four, but effectively out of it. But Davy, it's it it's a proper battle down there, and we always say about how we'd like to see our 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 Paulo Marpasha. Get uh get out of that and then get into the playoffs, but it's it's going to be an interesting final few weeks.
2: Three more weekends to go, and obviously, and it will come on. like will we see the last three weekends of mm-hmm. hockey, but yeah. um, I think we'll definitely see this one. Um, it just depends, I suppose, that the, they play against each other at all in the next couple of weeks. Dundee Manchester, yeah. or other games yeah. against it, so they do. So that's you know that's going to be an absolute the old classic four pointer. That's that's going to be absolutely crucial, as though to where that goes. Where is it, Dundee or Manchester?
3: I no. think it's in Dundee.
2: Glasgow so play Dundee in Glasgow. Glasgow play Dundee and Storm don't play Dundee? Don't play Dundee, no. Okay, so who knows, mate? Who knows? I don't know.
1: Says, who, who do you see getting out of it?
3: Uh, I, I just think it'll be done. I don't think Pfeiffer are going to get up there. Um, Glasgow are struggling, uh, but they picked up the extra point against Dundee the other night, which it was. Is. You know, massive for them. I think it was Saturday night or Sunday night's game. Um, Coventry handed Manchester um, the loss there and That was, uh, and then did they beat Dundee as well? Like yeah. in the last seconds, goal in the last goal the last
1: minute to give them a the win. Yeah,
3: I watched the, the the highlights in that one from Stu and Ed, and and it went from two two to four two on one goal. I was sitting, I was looking at it, going, that doesn't look great, right, but um <laughs> what the, did uh, I miss? <laughs> what's that? What did I miss? but <laughs> exactly. But you know, you're watching those coming through. But even get down this stretch, like there's, there's still games to play. I was, I'm looking at the Sheffield Steelers' last five games in the league. They're at home to Manchester, and at home to Dundee, and then away to Dundee and away to Manchester. And their last game of the season is against uh, Devils. So I mean, the Sheffield Steelers are playing against a team, two two teams twice that are really battling for um, the playoff positions. And when you look at uh ourselves, we've got two at Nottingham. Or sorry, two in Belfast against Nottingham, two against Fife, and then Cardiff and Coventry. And Cardiff, they've got eight games to go, and they play everybody apart from the Fife Flyers. Yeah. So Guildford at home, Dundee away, Coventry at home, Nottingham away, Manchester at home, Glasgow away, and then us at home and Sheffield away. So I I, I regarding the bottom side of things. I'd like to think that Pash can get through and get into the, the playoff weekend. Although he has good crack when he's on the piss. So, you
2: know. If, um, if I, if Sorry, I come, come Saturday night, Saturday he'll be able to drink. He'll be able to drink come Saturday night. Either way, mate. <laughs> I will
3: to this point. But um, you know he, he's great crack on the Friday night in Nottingham. Um, we, we did. We met him in uh, Salt Bar last, Salt Box last year, which was brilliant crack. Um, but. Uh, you know, at, at the, the top of the table, as I say, Cardiff are in prime position for it, but they're playing teams that are absolutely scrapping for their lives to get into loose play. Look, Let's be honest, all the teams want to have a chance to play at the playoff weekend. Um, you know, is the playoff weekend going to be home with the way things are going with COVID-19? God knows. Um, but uh, we'll have to just wait and see how that develops. But the, um, I, I just think there's a long way to go, yet... And there's a lot of teams have a big say at both ends of the table. Doesn't necessarily mean that they'll finish in the eighth and ninth position, or doesn't necessarily mean they'll finish one, two, three, or four. Um, but as I say, there, there's teams there that have a big say in the last couple of weeks of this season to see who comes out um, yeah, champions at both ends. If you want to make it that way,
1: the league table as it stands as it says you Cardiff top forty six games played, sixty four points. Then Sheffield in second, forty nine and sixty three. Coventry Blaze 48 played 61. Fourth, Belfast Giants 48 played 60. Nottingham 46 played 58. In sixth, Guildford are 47, 53. 47 played 53 points. Then Glasgow in seventh, Manchester in eighth, Dundee in ninth, and Fife in in tenth, right? You mentioned the there, says, and I'm going to just talk about it briefly. It's the overarching uh, news story across the world at the minute. It is the coronavirus, COVID-19. Today, being Tuesday, we've seen the uh, the ending of the DEL in Germany, DEL two in Germany, and the EBEL in Austria prematurely, all ending their season on the basis that games can't take place in front of well reduced clou- crowds or you know. Crowds can't be brought for those games, so they've decided that the the, the seasons would be ended prematurely. Um, no decision of the same has been made with regards to anything in the UK. Uh, obviously, the government are making their own decisions as this is a fluid situation as to how, if it's going to affect gatherings or whatever, but that's something, I guess, we will see in the next number of weeks, uh, whether it will affect what happens in the Elite League. But, Davey, there is there is the possibility, uh, the possibility does stand that this elite league season may not see a finish.
2: Yeah, I guess um, a bit like Jurgen Klopp the other day, we're really not the people to be (laughs) talking. This certainly isn't any advice or anything we're giving, but it would seem strange that for all these major leagues across Europe and and the way the news is, is being reported, you know, if you want to say that the European epicenter of this being Italy and the way it's spread and the way Italy have shut their country down and, and the way they've put it out in the news that sort of Germany or whatever, 10 days behind Italy and France or so many days and UK or so many days behind. It's common. It seems to be like an, an unstoppable kind of wave that it's common. We can just hope that, you know, we deal with it the best way we can. But it would seem that if they're saying things like where you can only go to cinnamon cinema and sit in every other seat, well, then why, how can you go to a hockey arena and do anything different? It's, it's about... It's not about not catching it. I think a lot of people are going to catch it. It's about not spreading it, and you know, putting people in an environment where there's many people together. And it only takes one person to infect ten, and those ten infect a hundred. You know, it's you see the Tandur Rovers putting their statement out tonight. You see limfield players coming down with it. You, you just, it's becoming more and more and more widespread. So, somebody at some stage is going to have to make a decision. It's to me, it's it's putting a lot of. Or it's almost passing the buck to go. Oh, we'll just wait for the government to make it. You know, for me, I would love them to call the season night. Belfast Giants, we, you know, we just go down <laughs> as two, two times champions. You know, hold on to it for another year. Retain. <laughs> retain. Um, there'd be a wee asterisk, and I would say retain Judy Defares, but we don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, I obviously being a bit facetious there. We don't want anybody to get ill. Um, but I, I want the the league to probably be a bit proud. It's really difficult. Everybody knows, they don't know the ins and outs of the finals, but everybody knows the business model that the playoff weekend is huge for all teams, especially the teams probably at the lower end of the budget scale, the lower crowds during the season depend on getting their 10th or whatever shares, way the money from the playoff weekend is divvied out. Teams are dependent on that weekend going ahead, and I'm sure they'll be doing everything in their power to make sure that that goes ahead. It's going to be touch and go for me whether it does happen. We'll just have to accept either way. If it goes ahead, it goes ahead. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you know, it's unfortunate the way that the league is set up that teams are so dependent on that weekend. It maybe gives us something to think about as a league as well about the dependency on that weekend. Is there is there other ways of managing things that to, to make us a more sustainable model? But uh, unfortunately, it's
1: this virus is is something very real and it's it's coming our way says it's you know obviously the initial thing here is public safety, public health, washing your hands, the things that go out. Everybody can do their bit to try to help delay and whatever. But when it comes to the fundamentals of what we're doing here, regards to what we're talking about here in the elite league and with sport, you you think is people? I don't want people to mistake. When they look at aspects like football, you see the one of the Champions League games tonight you play being played behind closed doors. Talk of Premier League games being behind closed doors. These are big money events, so the actual gate receipts that come into these events are probably a a lesser share of their income. Behind closed doors games can take place in these leagues without having a massive impact. That's not the case in leagues like the Elite League and lower league football. Like gate receipts are. A massive part of it so if the elite league or whoever have to make a decision it has to come at the fact that you know they're doing so because they have to
3: yeah if you look at it from the perspective of the teams that um, just don't necessarily get big gets every single week you know I know there's three or four teams in the elite league that pay weekly Um, I'm not talking about don't pay enough I'm talking about paying weekly um, the, you know, it, it's difficult for them to maintain the model if they don't have games. If they don't have a long stretch of home games, um, or sorry, regular home games, and then, then that's taken away from them. And and where we are right now, I mean, I'm not smart enough to the um to say that the 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 leagues uh, should finish, and they're not smart enough with regards to the 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 virus that's that's taking the world by storm here at the minute. Um, but. I, I absolutely agree with what David touched on there on a few points, and it's 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 a very difficult situation. You know, we we and Fonocad we had a business that a meeting today about contingency plans, and um and you know you're hearing certain things that that come out of of meetings around uh, tourism NI and I and and other things that, are, and it's a definitely a concern now. I mean, to be honest, I. Up until probably this week, I'm sitting thinking, like, just, just get on mate. I mean, it's, I'm going to get a cold, and that's just you know, suck it up and move on. But it, it, the, the the closer it gets to home and, and seeing things like you know that player from Linfield um, uh, being uh, tested positive for it today, it's you know these are these are healthy young lads who should be able to to battle through that. But it's you know the older generation um, and people who are, are ill. I mean, we've we a lot of fans in this fan base who. You know who, who whose immune systems aren't as strong as as maybe what what ours are, and, and and that's a concern as well. But you know you have you have people coming to these games, and and whether it's ice hockey or football or rugby or you know the EIHl can't afford not to play games and and have or sorry can't afford to have play games and not have fans in them. Um, and to be honest, I don't think that's that that's right anyway. I you know the sport is for the fans and. And you're you, well. It's it's at the highest level than the Champions League of, of football. Um, and I'm just watching Spurs getting tanked three 0 here. which, you know, I wish that game had been taken place tonight. But it's 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 a position that, again, I think Davy's right. You're just gonna have to take guidance from the government. And if they have the ball, stand up and go right. You know what? You're just gonna have to shut everything down. Then the IHL will not have any option. That you're gonna have to shut things down but the the weekend of the playoffs is absolutely vital to the sustainability of the Elite League. And if that doesn't happen, then I don't know what position they're in financially, but that will put a massive hole in their budgets moving forward. Yeah.
1: I guess over the next number of weeks we'll see what happens. All we can say is you know guidelines are what they are, and uh, we urge everybody to follow them. You know, wash your hands twenty seconds. You know, keep keep uh you know, if you sneeze cover it over, put in a tissue, bin it. Do what you can. Don't touch your face. Apparently is another one. Do what you can to help stop. Spread this awful, uh, awful virus, which is coming our way, no doubt about it. But it's how we react to it, how we deal with it, is uh, is key. Um, and we'll see in the in the next number of weeks how it affects our life and how it affects, I guess, the elite league. <laughs> For the result of February's Player of the Month Brought to you by Fornicab We put to you the shortlist of four nominated players Who you thought were the best standout players for February And from the shortlist you picked your winner So, in reverse order, Kieran Long In third place, David Goodwin In second place, Elgin Pierce and in first place with 36% of your vote number 7 Mark Garside Mark received the award after the game against the 5 Flyers and becomes the latest name on the trophy thanks to everybody who casted their vote over the week congratulations to Mark and a big thanks to Funacab for sponsoring the award So that's uh, lift lift the mood here with regards to the player of the month, and it is David, Mr. Mark Garside. Absolutely
2: well deserved. Um, what can I say about Mark Garside and his testimonial? lifting the big trophy the AVFTB sponsored by phone and cab player of the month it's the one that everybody around the elite league wants their name on even if they don't play for the giants they want to sign for the giants just to get their name on that trophy (laughs) and uh good for good for good for gary coming off a big month there where he um i know taff you know waxes lyrical about that big booming slap shot of his from the blue line and somehow a couple of them got through i think the goalie had probably made his move before the puck got there and uh Couple of squeaked through, and had a few points. He obviously moved up into into the top ten all time, overtaking the Belfast Datsuk. And ah, Robbie Sandrock, happy birthday, Robbie Sandrock today. Um, so you know, Gary moves above them in uh, in points for the club, two hundred and five points, I think it is. Simon, am I right? Um, something I got yeah.
4: anyway.
2: Well, you. Uh, well, okay, it is two hundred <laughs> <laughs> and five uh, um, points, and a whole bad, lot of I'm games. Under- Thank you. And a whole lot of games for the club. And, you know, long may he continue. And I think me and Simon worked out this season or last season how many games he had played if he if he wasn't made almost entirely a glass. So, you know, congratulations <laughs> to him. Um, I absolutely love Gary. I think he's been brilliant since he came to the club. He's showed his versatility, even just during the season, moving from defence to forward. But making that move back to D when Derek... Walser well, spotted something that nobody else saw and uh turned him into a D-man. And he ended up being a D-man for his country as well. So can't say that it was just a, a Belfast move. You know, he proved himself more than capable of of playing on the blue line as well. And uh he's came up with points. He's moved up front. He can he can still win the odd face off when, when he's called on. So uh congratulations to him. I think the, the other people were worthy, but uh, as as his um action agent on Fridays has told you guys he got more More votes on Friday afternoon than Jamie Bryson did in the last (laughs) election, so, uh, you know, fair play to him.
1: Mr. Kitchen, your thoughts on Mr. Garside?
2: Yeah, I was just
3: hoping that somebody was going to come out with um, a gif of, uh, or a meme of of Davy McGimsey in a a cheerleader's uniform, Um, (laughs) and hopefully it'll still happen. But, uh, you know, for Davy, you know, banging the drum about Gary and, and, um, you know, for... The tenth uh, year in February to come up a player of the month, and the thing about it is, yes, I, I think it's very deserved and well done, David Majority, um for for you know pushing him over the line on that. But he had a really good month as well on the ice. You know, he scored the he scored the win in, um the goal in one game, and then he got the uh, the game winner in his own testimonial game on the 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 shootout. You know, so. I mean, what more does a guy want? Like you know, he's he's come up big on a couple of occasions, but it, it's the consistent. We talk about our team not being consistent this year. If there's one player that has been consistent throughout the year, it's Mark Garside.
1: Gotta remember,
2: Mark Garside had a two-point games goal or a point scoring streak in February. That's that's
1: pretty big this season. M- Mystery Onlooker, any thoughts on Mark Garside? Nope. Tom Barrasso. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I give you Tom Barrasso. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations to Mark Garside of picking up the view from the bridge player of the month for February. There'll be another one at the end of March, of course. And a big thanks to Funacab for sponsoring the award. Right, let's look ahead to this weekend's two games against the Nottingham Panthers. Friday and Saturday night at the SSE Arena at 7pm. Tickets are obviously available, and if you can't get down, you can follow on Belfast Giants TV. Let's, however, get the opinions of, uh, well, the king of the cat's whiskers, the uh, the Elite League's Periscope Prince, Mr. John O'Bullard. Mr. John O'Bullard, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, keep them well. I can't complain. You're a busy man these days. It's if you're not, you know, you're back on the cat's whiskers, you're periscoping, but you've got your own media stuff to do. You're you're all over the place, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I was. I was in Dewsbury on uh, the filming, filming the Bradford Bulls. I love (laughs)
1: love I know you love your trips to Yorkshire. That's a lovely place. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: it's it's a great place to visit. The Bradford
1: Bulls. It's uh, rugby league.
0: Yes, yeah, but they're playing at Dewsbury this season for yeah. some some bizarre reasons. So, yes, we were filming their match on Sunday. Um, doing and a lot I got of the stuff um, too. It, it varies. So, we have done a couple of rugby league games, yeah. and I'm doing a bit of rugby union. I get to all sports these days, mate. It's not not just hockey orientated.
1: <laughs> well. Obviously, we've uh, we've got you on know, because the Belfast Giants are facing the Nottingham Panthers twice over the uh, over the weekend at the SSE Arena. Now, this is, it pains me to say this, but of course, the Giants haven't had a great time this season against the Nottingham Panthers, especially at the NIC. Okay, we had that win in the only game at the SSE Arena so far, but I because of obviously personal circumstances, I haven't made it over to the NIC this season. And do you know what, mate? I'm pleased I haven't.
0: Yeah, there actually were three very good uh, Panthers performances, and actually, and this this will really hurt you. But it was actually that double header where we beat you both times that really started was the start of our revival this season. So uh, yeah, it it was unusual to see such three dominant performances by the Panthers because you've generally had our number at the NIC over the past few seasons. But it was from my point of view, obviously, it was very pleasing to see three very, very good performances and, and three very good wins. You say, and that, I think restricting you to just one goal and then three games as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. On a, on a six-on-four? Six-on-three, um, six three. I think you yeah. were. Yeah. yeah, I know. Anyway, um, <laughs> you mentioned the revival. Obviously, the, the let's say the... Coaching structure and uh, back to some of the, the, the backroom structure at the Panthers has changed this season. You've got Guy Doucette, uh, you've got Tim Wallace. You know, and, and maybe to start the season, things were pretty poor. You're really struggling to get the wins. Changes had to be made. Changes were made. And then things definitely started to change on the ice.
0: I think if you speak to both uh, Guy Doucette and Tim Wallace at the start of the season, I think they will be pretty honest and admit that the team wasn't good enough. The original team recru- recruited just wasn't good enough. Um, changes were made, and to be fair to both of them, they bought in better players. Yeah. Uh, and the the revival started, starting with with Jake Hansen coming in, uh, and then Julian Talbot came in, who's been absolutely brilliant <sighs> since he came in. And <laughs> and uh, and you know, to be fair to them, that they they've made lots and lots of improvements. The team's got better. Obviously, there's been some great individual performances from the likes of Sam Hare and uh, Mark Matheson, who have been superb all season. But uh, it's, it, from my point of view, obviously, and I, as you know, I'm very critical of the Nottingham Panthers organization at times, but uh, this season after the after sort of o- October finished, I've I got nothing but praise for them because it, it's been glorious to watch over the past few
1: months. Sure, of course, you've also the goalie tandem of, of Kevin Carr and Jackson Wessel. So Kevin Carr obviously getting the lion's share of, of the starts, but uh, how do you feel that's worked out?
0: I think if you look at netminding tandems throughout the league then I think it's fair to say we probably got the best. We we haven't probably got the best overall netminder, but as a twosome, I think it's definitely the best um, Kevin Carr's played well I think he's probably been ridden a little too hard though and, and maybe he's had starts on when perhaps Jackson Whistle should have got it but having having said that it seems to have worked quite well but I, I do think I do wonder if Jackson Whistle feels he probably should have had more starts than he than he has had
1: Let's talk Mark Matheson, right? <laughs> so obviously a guy who has is well experienced up the road with what you refer to as your nearest and dearest up the uh, up the M one. He comes into Nottingham, and to be fair, well he's your second top point scorer, and he's having a phenomenal season.
0: He's been nothing short of incredible
1: for a D man as well.
0: For for a for a D man, he the thing is he's what 36 years old he has got such a a mature hockey brain on him where he's not he's not the quickest but he makes up for that with, with his decision making and the way he plays and the way he skates the way he passes he's just had a quite superb season and to be honest for me I would choose him as the Panthers player of the season over Sam Hare because I I think he's been that influential Mm. and we wasn't expecting too much. A lot of people were saying, myself included, that we probably thought he might be the spare input when when he was first announced. But uh, he's been far from that. I think he's been the leading uh, time on ice minutes taker each night, most nights. Uh, and he's, he's just been an absolutely phenomenal player for the Panthers this season.
1: Do you think that's been a mistake by the Sheffield Steelers or just been a coup from the Nottingham Panthers or both? <sighs> probably a
0: bit of both. Um, I I, I said to my dear wife, who of course is a Steelers fan, I said, I can't believe you got rid of him. Mm. I, I really can't believe you got rid of him. But to be fair to them, Aaron Fox came in. Came in he probably wanted a clean sweep. He wanted his own team. Uh, and Matheson found himself out, out on the sidelines, but I think it was a great uh, coup by Deuce and Wallace to bring him to Nottingham because, as I say, he's been absolutely phenomenal.
1: You, you mentioned a name there, and Sam Hare. obviously the league's top points scorer at the minute, the Nottingham Panthers' top points scorer at the minute, That guy's having a great season.
0: Oh, he's been he's been brilliant, and I think he was another one when first signed as it is, you only have elite prospect stats to go on unless someone has been lucky enough to see him. And um, I think it's pretty pretty clear he's been sort of third, fourth-line grinder in the AHL, but but a a long AHL career. And I think he he took this opportunity to come to the elite league and put up some points and um, be the go-to guy. And he's grasped Mm -hmm. that opportunity with both hands. Uh, And some games he's dragged us up by himself a particular game against Coventry at Christmas where he scored four goals where I think we were we were three one down with ten minutes remaining and we ended up winning an overtime and he scored all the goals to to get the win. He's he's been nothing short of excellent. And he's been a real leader on the ice, the likes of which we've probably not seen since since Jordan Fox took us to the league title in twelve thirteen.
1: The One of the players that I had a bit of experience of watching before, you mentioned him earlier on, is Julian Talbot, uh, brother of, uh, of the infamous Joey Talbot, again, from up the road. Um, he's come in, 15 goals, 15 assists, 30 points 33 games, and uh, done exactly what I'm sure Tim Wallace and Gita said were wanting from him when he did come into the side.
0: Yeah, but the, I think the most important thing about Julian Wallace is he wins face-offs. Um, that was something we were really struggling with until he came into the side. And since then, our face-off winning percentage has improved massively and and it's really down to him. Uh, You know, it's so important to keep possession in your own zone and he's allowed us to do that. And I think he has been a big part of why we've gone on a run of, of getting a lot of points and winning far more games than we were earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, great player. I remember we watched him quite a bit when he played for Icebound Berlin for quite a few seasons and uh, he was a great player there and obviously he dropped down DL two and then in the Nottingham Panthers and obviously doing really well there. But let's come back to the Panthers as a whole. Mate, obviously this weekend against the Giants over in Belfast. Um and with the cancellations of the, or the full, for the fly B, hopefully there'll still be a lot of Panthers fans coming over. Um sitting in in fifth, fifty-eight points, two behind the Giants, but with two games in hand now, it is going to be a big task. I, I personally, I don't think that we've we've spoken about this in the podcast. I don't think the Giants are in the running for the league. But listening to you and reading what you're saying on Twitter, you still think Nottingham have a good shot at, at doing a run at this league title?
0: I I think all five teams do. You think so? To be fair, yeah, yeah. I I think the way that results have gone and the way it's ebbed and flowed throughout the season, it only takes Car- Cardiff and Sheffield to have a bad weekend, Coventry to have a bad weekend, and and it's all back up in the air again and I think that's happened a lot I think it's very difficult to call at the moment Uh, but I do think that this double header is very very important for both sides I think a split weekend and I think both teams are out of it and but I think one of the teams wins both games I think they're still very much in it but the, the other one will obviously be out
1: I, I, I have to say, I admire your optimism. I, I think, I guess, it's just from from our own point of view. I think the Giants are having a a fifty percent season where they don't seem to be getting those sort of runs, and when when you see that, it, it find it difficult. Do you think that uh, what what effect, sorry, Do you think the Continental Cup has had in your season? I, it's not
0: as had the effect that I thought it might do, especially with with, with getting to the final, and having six extra games. I think what's helped us is we, we had the Olympic break came at mm-hmm. just the right time. Uh, and then we've just had another break where we, we haven't played this past weekend, which will have helped the squad as well. We, we've got quite a heavy running with eight, eight games in, I think it's 15 or 16 days. Mm-hmm. So that's a very heavy running, but with having the break going into that, I think that will help us quite a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, just going back to your question, I don't think the Continental Cup has affected us like I thought it was. I think they actually took quite a lot of confidence from it, to be fair, um, because results didn't seem to really suffer either side of, of both of those tournaments. So I, I know that that it has in the past, and it, it, it certainly when we won it a few years ago, the results after that w- weren't great. So you know, to see us come back to league action and still be competing has been very pleasing.
1: One question I really don't really want to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway is something that we'll be, we've talked about earlier on the show today. And that is, of course, the effect that maybe COVID-19 is going to have or will it have an effect on the season? Do you see it having an effect on the season?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Like you guys, I'm, I'm not a medical professional, but mm. I think with the, with the news that's come out of, of Germany and Austria today, mm it's looking far more likely than it probably did i really I really hope not I really really mm-hmm. hope not, but I think w- with what's happening uh, around around the globe and you know, at the end of the day it it's a it's a bad disease that needs nipping in the bud and and they need to stop it spreading. The only way to stop it spreading is to stop gatherings I personally now i think i'd be very surprised if the playoff weekend went ahead. Mm. Um, And I think there's a bigger possibility now that we may see cancellations uh, Mm. over the next few weeks, which would be really, really sad, but people's health is far more important
1: Absolutely, but let's hope let's hope that doesn't come to pass. Me, obviously, we want to see this league season come to an end, and, and, and with the, with that fantastic it, it weekend ju- of press But as you but as you say, I totally agree. I think you know people's health is far more yeah. important than in this respect.
0: It would just be typical, though, wouldn't it? I mean, you, you've got got a race like this where there's still five teams fighting for the title, and. Uh, at the other end of the table, you've got four teams fighting for those two playoff spaces. So, effectively, you've only really got Guildford, who haven't got anything to play for. Mm-hmm. So, into March, and nine of the ten teams still with something to play for. And, you know, <laughs> something like this could cancel the season. It's It's really sad,
1: but... It'd be really disappointing as well, and especially like if this season is cancelled and considered null and void. I guess last year's champions will have just to retain the trophy and move on to next year. Um, well, uh, <laughs> sorry,
0: what? I, I, why, why would you say
1: that? I'm just, I'm just, sorry, it's just something that's the <laughs> Listen, the, uh, this weekend's games are on Friday and Saturday night at 7pm at the SSE Arena. Get yourself tickets to those or, of course, you can follow it with Mr Simon Kitchen on Belfast Giants TV. Jono, thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, Any time, mate. Any other
2: business, gentlemen? Go ahead, David. Oh no, I was only going to go for the old uh, blade tail. Remind people that if you can, to give some blood. We're we're currently reviewing that. Obviously, the the twenty first was to be the sort of the the final night. We're going to have a few things happen around the game, but obviously, with one thing or another, you might have seen the news we've talked about it in the show tonight bit of a bug going around, and uh, we're just not sure how that'll impact all the games and our ability to even be there at the minute. Um mm-hmm. So that's a, a fluid situation. It still might happen. It might be something we'll put off to the start of next season or something, where will, we'll continue with the bleed tail, but just at the minute, it's there's just so many unknown factors of what's going around, and as as you know yourselves. So we'll just keep, a, keep an eye on our Twitter. Keep giving blood if you can. Um, obviously, it's going to be maybe a bit more difficult in the coming weeks, so we might extend the deadline just due to factors, force majeure, as we call them, earlier on factors beyond our control. And um, yeah, so just keep an keep an eye on the Twitter sphere, and we'll keep you up to date. But thank you for all your donations so far. Thank you to Phone and Cab for for their support, as always, in it. And uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Simon. I I don't have anything
3: apart from uh, you, you've already touched on the the bug that's going around. Um, just that you know all our. Uh, everybody stays safe and hope that they uh if they do end up catching it but you know there's there's certainly going to be people on our um who listen to the podcast who will get the virus and and hopefully they can they can uh, just try and you know do what's re- requested from the government you know keep all your cleanliness up to date and your hygiene sorted out and, and uh you know get over it done with as quickly as <laughs>
2: And listen to old, listen to old episodes of "A View from the Bridge." Season one available now on iTunes. <laughs> is it? If you're, st- if you're stuck in bed for two weeks, I can think of nothing better than listening to Arne and Patty in two thousand
1: five <laughs> talking about say, hockey just to push you over the edge. <laughs> you try and jump out my top floor window, <laughs> Ah dear, right. Uh, that is that all is that us gents. I think that's us and
2: that must be the quickest podcast that we have ever done. Surely, surely, surely our mystery guest i will, will say something on the way out there.
3: Good night, gentlemen.
1: <laughs> All right. the uh, Big thanks to Adam Keefe, John O'Bullard, uh, your games this weekend, Friday and Saturday against the Nottingham Panthers, both at 7pm. Good tickets still available or join Mr Kitchen for both of those games. Uh, thank you, to Mr. Bajempsey, thank you to Mr. Kitchen. Thank you, gentlemen. Cheers, cheers. Thank you to the mystery guest. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chris Ellis reported live
5: <laughs> <laughs> living room sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> uh,
1: and wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. That was that was actually a really good impression. <laughs>